was just going to say that. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome. My name is Bethany Clemenson. I am a friend of Michelle's. I've known her for a few years. And if you aren't familiar with Michelle, well, how many of you are familiar with Michelle? Most, most of you know? Okay. Are there names on here that you don't recognize, Michelle? As you're taking a drink? Sorry about that. Uh, no, that's okay. Um, maybe just a couple. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So Michelle is, oh my goodness, I'm not sure where to start. Um, for me, she's like a combination friend, teacher, uh, voice of reason, and spiritual advisor. Like all those things kind of rolled into one. Um, Michelle has a gift about her where she can take really complex ideas and make them simple and understandable and then give you like, here's how you do it in five steps. You know, and I love that about her. I mean, her ability to teach and lead is extraordinary and she's amazingly intelligent too. Um, not just uh, academically intelligent, but emotionally intelligent and spiritually intelligent too. There's just, she has a way about her. So I knew I had to know her the minute I saw her at a conference and everybody's dressed in their suits and their business attire. And she was dressed nice professionally, but she had Converse on. And I'm like, oh, she's my people. She's not afraid to be who she is and walk around with confidence and talk with people. And I have to know who she is. So that's kind of how I first ran into Michelle. And um, she's here to talk with us tonight uh, about emotions and energy management, which are kind of some of my favorite subjects. I have come to realize that if you can't um, either you have your emotions or they have you. And if you can't manage yourself emotionally and energetically, then it, that determines kind of what, you know, what happens in your life. And I know she'll dive into that in great detail, but um, thanks for asking me to help you tonight, Michelle. I appreciate it. Hope I didn't forget anything. I should look at my list here. Did I forget anything? Um, her teaching structure tonight. So the chat is where it's at. So if you have questions that um, you don't want to forget, you know, sometimes something will hit you and, and you want to be sure that we get to it, throw it in the chat. I'll be keeping track of that. You can share your aha moments, your learns, just general thoughts about whatever Michelle is talking about. Um, you can encourage one another if as you're sharing and that's what the chat is for. And I'll be keeping track of any questions that happen during it. So um, we can be sure Michelle has time to answer that. We will be doing at least one breakout room um, once we get going here. And what am I missing? Oh, the reaction button. Does everyone know where to find your reaction button at the bottom? So um, there's a button, if you're on a desktop, it's at the bottom and it says reactions and it has what looks like an, oh, there, oh, look at you. All right, see? Excellent. Use your reactions. Dean's crying or maybe he's laugh crying. All right. That's fine. Um, <laughs> all right. I think we're ready, Michelle. We're ready. Awesome. I'm so excited. All right. Well, thank you, Bethany, for doing this. I just love when whenever Bethany and I get together, we always have fun. So when I was thinking about doing this, I was like, ah, why not have Bethany? Um, it's a whole lot easier when you do it in tandem because then somebody can, uh, you know, just help run the chat and that kind of thing so that uh, your, your questions are answered tonight. So um, I know that what we're talking about tonight has the power to change your life. So before we really jump into the content though, I wanna understand you guys a little bit better. So we're gonna use the chat box for this. And I want you to 
answer the question and we're going to do a one to 10 rating. So one is really low and 10 is really high. So on a scale of one to 10, how easy is it right now in this moment to control your emotions? So one would be, I don't control them at all. 10 would be, I, I'm a master. So what's your number? Go ahead and throw that number in the chat box. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Good, good, good. Well, you guys are probably a little bit more um, evolved than I was when I was first learning this. Uh, and some of you, I've known you for a while. And if I asked you this question a year or two ago, your number would be very different. Uh, and you know who you are. So, um, okay. Uh, just so that everybody is aware of my background, uh, I'm not going to tell you about my education and my degrees or anything like that, but uh, I am going to tell you a little bit about what makes me have credibility in this area. So uh, I come from a background where my parents were doing the very best that they could with what they had and what they knew. They just didn't have a lot and they didn't know a lot. Uh, I believe all parents are doing the very best they can for their children. Uh, no, no parent ever wakes up and says, hey, how can I screw up my kid today? You know, where they do the best that they can. Um, apparently, I need to help my children learn a few things themselves, right? So we're, we're all just doing the best that we can. But when I was a, a young child, three, four, five years old, um, I was exposed to things, um, honestly, because of sheer poverty. We were homeless five times before I was in kindergarten. Um, know, know what it's like to sleep in your car. Um, I know what it's like to sleep on a, a friend's floor. Um, and there was some abuse, neglect, and just uh, emotional, I guess, unawareness going on. Uh, and so again, my parents were doing the best that they could, but when you're put into some of those situations and there's violence and abuse that's happening, trauma, drama, very high stress, uh, you, you look at the world in a very different way. And I had to kind of make this way throughout my life and realize that at one point I realized, okay, I was a victim. Uh, I definitely was a victim. Those things happened and they should not have happened. And in a perfect world, we would never want them to happen to anybody else. And then I said, you know, just being a victim isn't good enough. I need, I, I want to look at myself as a survivor. And so I, I was thinking about it that way. Look at you. you. You survived all of that. You were very smart to survive that. You know, there were certain beliefs that I developed during that time that really kept me safe. As a two and three-year-old, I learned stay still, small, and quiet. And then, you know, when you're dropped off at uncle so-and-so's house, nothing bad will happen to you. Now, that's pretty smart for a two-year-old right? Uh, and so I, I, that survivor mode was like, okay, I, I, I survived it. I got through that. And then I got into this thriver mode where I said, you know what? It's not, not just good enough to survive it and make it through and just keep breathing, but I really want to thrive in that. So what does that mean? And so I began to, to tell my story. This is probably about 12 years ago uh, when I started my business. And I just thought it's really important for me to tell some of my story. So uh, I began to tell other people what I had been through. I began to train on things like resiliency and social emotional development and leadership. And, um, but the last couple of years, I really find that I've transitioned out of just the thriver mode. And now I'm really into this place and it's going to sound really weird, but I'm grateful for those things that happened to me. Now, 
I would never want them to happen to me or to anyone else ever again. I, I want to make that clear, but I'm grateful because those things have made me who I am today. They've given me the opportunity to grow into who I am today. However, as I was going through all this, you know, great metamorphosis and everything, it wasn't like the world stopped. Uh, I, I had gotten married and, you know, just, uh, let me just say this. My husband, God bless him, is a saint. He has put up with a lot of stuff for me over the years. I'm trying to make his life a lot, lot easier these days. Uh, but I struggled. I really struggled to be a good wife because I didn't know what that looked like. Uh, and then when I became a mother, I did not know how to be a mom. I didn't have a really good mother figure. Uh, so my solution was to go back to school and get my master's in early childhood education. Listen, folks, there's a lot less uh, costly ways that you can learn lessons. Google wasn't around then. So just Google some of your mom questions if you need them. Uh, but at that time I realized, okay, there's something wrong with me. Um, and now I know there's nothing that was wrong with me. It was just, I was struggling and I didn't know it. And about five years ago, I was working with a mentor, um, really introduced me to what I'm gonna talk about tonight. And I got so hooked on it. Uh, I have been studying David Hawkins stuff. Uh, I've got one, two, three, four, five. He's, I don't know how many books he's got, but I've got at least seven sitting right here next to me. That's how much I love his stuff. And it has literally changed my life. It, I feel like it is the secret behind the curtain. If you were to, to talk to the Wizard of Oz, uh, this is the secret to life. Um, so I know it can help you. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to show you this tonight. So let me briefly tell you who David Hawkins is. Uh, he's no longer here on, on earth physically. Uh, he, Dr. David Hawkins, he's actually, uh, he was a medical doctor and he was also a PhD. Forget what his PhD is in, but he was also a researcher. So he first started working with people as a medical doctor, you know, trying to heal diseases and, and things like that. And as he was studying um, in his research, he found out that there were people that were suffering and he was treating their physical body, but they weren't getting better. And so over time, he started to treat their spiritual and emotional bodies and not the physical body. And he found that every time he worked on spiritual and emotional, the physical body took care of itself. So just, just out of curiosity, show me on, on, on the, with the reaction button, how many of you are having physical things in your body that you would like to get rid of? That's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I think what I'm going to share with you tonight can, I'm, let me just be clear here. I am not a doctor yet few more months and I'll have my PhD, but I'm not a medical doctor, okay? Uh, and I don't even play one on TV and I don't give medical advice, uh, but I am saying that if you were to use what I share with you tonight, along with your other medical things that your doctor tells you, you will probably have a much more peaceful and enjoyable life, okay? So um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here because there's a few things. Um, let me make sure my share screen works. There we go. Ah, yay, are you guys seeing the, yep, okay, good, thank you. And you know you can move the, the heads, the panels, anywhere you want to. Okay, 
So um, there's a, a few books that I want to make sure that you have in case you're a reader and you want to go more in depth. Now, you don't have to get all of these. These are just some of the ones that I find are really helpful when you're dealing with emotions. So um, David Hawkins, Letting Go. If you like what you're hearing tonight, you have got to get his book, Letting Go. It will be uh, a, a good reference tool for you. So that one is more individual. Now, if you want to know how do you take this and you use it on more of a global scale. So for example, if you're working with a group or a team or an organization, go ahead and get Hawkins Power Versus Force because it talks about how the, the energy scale we're gonna talk about tonight, how it applies to things like organizations, even large cities and states. So it's, it's really cool stuff. Um, if you're interested in how your thoughts and your, your feelings uh, kind of interact with your physical body, Louise Hay's book, Heal Your Body, is magnificent for that one. Um, uh, for whatever reason, uh, this, this week I've been exposed to so many people who are dealing with uh, thyroid issues. And it's very interesting because when you look in her book, uh, she's got a lot to say about the thyroid. And so that's provided really important, um, I don't know, just insight to help us understand more about what's happening in the mind and the body. Uh, one of my new favorite book mentors, and I believe she's still alive, uh, might mispronounce her name, don't call me on it, but Pema Chodron. Um, so she's actually an American Buddhist nun, but she writes almost exclusively about forgiveness, compassion, um, letting go of things, as well as this idea of uh, welcoming the unwelcome. So really getting to know yourself at a deeper level and uh, allowing yourself to feel your feelings before you do something with them. So I, I find, and it's really short stuff that she writes. So usually only one, maybe one and a half pages. So it's good for um, tucking in your purse if you happen to go anywhere at this time, we're recording during a pandemic. So I guess I'm not doing a lot of reading on the go, but if that's your, your reality, you could try that too. Uh, and then my last one that I absolutely love, Anything by Byron Katie. So that's her real name. Her first name is Byron. Her last name is Katie. Uh, look her up. She's got several books out there. Loving What Is is an amazing resource. She talks about a very simple process on how to play with your perceptions. So if, if you're interested in, in learning how to do that, that's look, just look her up, see what she has out there. There's also an app that's attached to her work. So if you find that you wanna um, do the work with her, you can do it on your phone or, or your laptop or your tablet too. So just some resources for you. All right, so now I wanna talk about energy. So everything is energy. So colors are energy, music is energy, thoughts and ideas are energy. This table, while it, you know, it seems really solid, it's still uh, got a certain energy vibration frequency to it. So I'm gonna show you a couple examples how that really plays out. Here we have one as far as colors go. So this one I try to have, um, you know, the different colors represented, you see the rainbow here. Uh, the red color is a low frequency, meaning that it doesn't have a lot of energy attached to it. But once you go up to the, um, the violet and the um, ultraviolet, 
now it, the frequency of the energy attached to that color is really, really high. And we have colors that go on either side of this scale. We just can't see them with our naked eye. Um, so this is energy. Uh, it's really cool when you, you can actually think about a color, you can imagine a color and your body will have that same vibration that's going throughout your whole body, which is fascinating, but we'll talk more about that. And you can also, um, music has a, its own frequency. I think that's a little bit easier for us to understand, but this one I thought was really cool. So the lower frequency starts way down here at the bottom with our voice and it goes all the way up to the violin. And if you've heard a violin, you know it's very high, it's got that very high vibration to it. And so it's very interesting when you're, you're looking at, at these, uh, we've got a few of these instruments here at my house and when they play all together, I think it magnifies uh, the energy and the frequency and uh, drives me a little bit batty, but that's a whole nother thing. So music has its own frequencies. The radio, TV channels, they all have their own frequencies. And so do your thoughts and ideas. So this is a, a helpful little chart. We're gonna delve into this a little bit later. But your ideas and emotions and feelings have their own frequency. And if you think about it in terms of this rainbow, it's really helpful. So down here at the bottom, we have shame and guilt, apathy, grief, and fear. And that is really where you're stuck in a suffering mode. So on, on the right-hand side here, we have, a, it says contracted. That is where yourself feels like contracted, smaller, stuck, right? Have you ever been in one of those positions where, um, let's say you're having a really wonky interaction with somebody and you feel yucky and you just feel like you want to curl in on yourself. Anybody ever been there before? Show me on a reaction button if you have. All right. Okay. We got a couple. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, so you're really, it's a very low dense frequency. Okay, it's very dense and it's very hard to, um, dense is like heavy, right? It's just very heavy on you. And as you, you grow up through the scale and you get to pride, courage, neutrality, willingness, um, the, you, you cross this, hey, I'm, I'm doing okay, I'm not suffering, I am, I'm getting by, I'm doing my thing. Maybe life isn't the greatest thing for you, but you're getting by. So you're somehow putting food on the table, but maybe not, you know, getting to do anything extra. Um, you somehow have enough at the end of the day to, you know, help your kids, but maybe you don't have enough to do self-care for you. So you're getting by. And then as you, you rise up in these frequencies, you get to a place that I absolutely love called flow, where we, when you're mastering your emotions, you realize that things are coming faster, they're coming easier. Um, it's almost like all you have to do is think about the idea and poof, there it is. And it, it's helping you and it's helping other people. And we're really not going to talk a lot about the upper levels just because most people in their lifetime will never get there anyway. Um, it, it, so Hawkins actually has a process for going through and testing all kinds of stuff, pretty much anything you want to know about the universe past and present, he can, he, there's a, a test for it. And he went through and um, actually tested for the consciousness level of 
some of our major teachers in our lifetime. So I'll use Jesus Christ as an example. So he tests at level of 1000. So he has the ultimate consciousness. So he was able to, um, you know, he might have had emotions, but he was able to channel them and do something with them that were more positive. Whereas some of us who are stuck at the, the lower frequencies, uh, it, you know, that, that denseness, that heaviness keeps us from being able to move forward. Okay. All right. So the one thing I want you to know here is that what you hold on to, you manifest. Okay. So go ahead and write that down if you're taking notes. What you hold on to, you manifest. So what does that mean? So that means the thing that you're focusing on the most, you're going to, to bring about in your life the most. Ralph Waldo Emerson has a quote, my absolute favorite, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So if you're focusing on anger and, and, and you know, pride, you're gonna get more anger and pride. Um, this is why when I see people on social media and they're, they're fighting with each other all the time, I'm thinking, you don't even understand that you're, you're in that level of anger and anger begets anger. And until you come in with a higher emotion to consume that lower emotion, you're only going to get anger. Okay. So uh, we're going to cover a few things tonight. Uh, we're going to go through them rather quickly. Um, I, for everybody who got the, the link for this, uh, I'm going to send you in the email all of the slides. So you get all the colors, the music, the thoughts, you'll get the map of consciousness. I'm gonna, just going to send it all to you. So if you're trying to take all those notes and your hands are already tired, it's okay. I'm going to send them all to you. Uh, there are three major sections of this map that I really want to break down for you. And the one thing you need to know is that I just picked out the parts on the chart that really have to deal with the emotions and the numbers tonight. But Hawkins has more in his books that really talks about when you're at each of these levels, you'll also have um, a view about God, a view about life, a view about yourself. And so we don't have time to cover all of that tonight. We're just going to do the emotion part. Okay. So I'm going to cover these three sections very quickly. And then I'm gonna send you guys into a breakout room where you're gonna introduce yourself to somebody and then you're just gonna describe, you know, explain to your, to your teammates there, which of these emotions would you say that you are primarily in right now, okay? So I'll, I'll explain them, but pick your one. So overall, where, where are you and why are you there? Um, and if one person in your group could just, you know, take, take some notes so that when you come back, you could share it, that would be great. So I, I'm giving you lots of leeway for those of you who are introverts. You've got about five minutes to get yourself ready to have this conversation. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Okay. So first let's talk about the bottom. Um, the one thing to remember here is that everything at the 100 level and below is actually damaging to life. It actually has a killing effect. So if you are to stay in fear, stay in grief, stay in apathy, you can, you can actually do damage to your body and kill your body prematurely. Okay. Now, listen, we all experience fear. We all experience grief, right? But if you stay there for too long, it's going to actually kill you. Okay. 
And there, there's a couple things here. So we look at, um, you know, desire, desire, you know, depending on whether you think it's good or bad, it, it really just is. And that's the beauty about all of this is that we're talking about emotion, which is energy in motion. It's energy and energy is not positive or negative. It just is. There's nothing good or bad or right or wrong about any of these emotions. They show up from time to time uh, and you, so for example, you know, grief. Uh, I know actually several people who are on this, this call with us tonight who are in several different stages of grief. Um, that comes for a time, that, that's something that happens in our life and it's okay to be experiencing those. But if that's your overall emotion all the time, that's a warning signal that you might wanna start changing that, okay? Um, so when you get up to the point of anger, we often think anger is um, a, a bad or negative emotion, when in reality, anger is a higher frequency emotion than let's say guilt or shame. So if you feel shameful, you might not do anything about whatever made you feel shameful. But right now we're experiencing a lot of anger and hate, pride and scorn in our societies um, related to all kinds of things. You, you pick an issue, throw it out there on Facebook. I don't even care what your stance is on that. Guess what? You know what you're going to attract? You're going to attract anger, hate, scorn, and pride, right? Anybody experienced that lately? Yeah. If you put your opinion out there, that's what you're going to get because right now our society is really at that level of it's trying to break through the 200 mark which is courage and it's been stuck at this 175 mark for a really long time so we have to almost go through this anger level as a society to be able to to move up in our consciousness level okay so again here we have your desire anger and pride but you'll notice that the the down arrow here when you're at the the scorn level or pride level um you can go down very quickly but going up it, it takes a lot of work but the hinge level here is courage so when you get to the courage mark and you are living a courageous life you still have a choice of whether you, you can go up or down but it becomes a lot easier to go up so one of the things I, I often try to work with my clients is just to get them to, to the courage point. So just to make a, a decision and to take one step further. Because if you're making a decision and taking one step further, you've got courage. You don't have to be good at that thing. You don't have to make a success of that thing. You don't have to get a result. But if you can move forward in courage, boom, you've got a, a higher frequency emotion there. Okay. So then as you're moving up, you've got things like, uh, I love willingness. Willingness, I, I feel like sometimes is, is really attached to courage, but willingness to change, um, willingness to, um, you know, just see the world in a different way than you've ever seen it before. Uh, then you move up to acceptance and forgiveness. Forgiveness is probably one of my uh, key traits that I'm learning right now. I, I love practicing forgiveness and, and love. Uh, and so when we can get to that place of forgiving others and doing it in more of a free fashion and making that our go-to pattern or habit, uh, life becomes a lot more, I don't know, just easier. I, I know for me, it's a whole lot easier just to forgive everybody and assume that they're, they're trying to do the best that they can. 
Uh, and then you get up to the level of reason. So what's really interesting is that the level of reason and understanding, uh, that's when you start to play with your perceptions. So instead of just blaming, you know, the this person for that thing, you, you really look at it and say, hmm, I wonder where they were coming from. So trying to understand their perspective. Uh, Albert Einstein never got beyond the, the this level of reason, okay? So they, he, at, at the end of his life, as smart as he was, he said, um, you know, I, I've had all of these great experiences, all of these really cool insights. And the one thing I know is that he was talking about um, science being logical and linear and based on reason. And he said, all of that is good, but it's only the stepping stone to quantum physics. And so he was talking about how quantum physics is going to give us the key to understanding everything, ourselves, uh, the world, the universe, uh, how we're all put together, even God. And that sort of thinking is beyond the level of reasoning. So it was, it was very interesting to hear some of uh, Albert Einstein's opinions and thoughts on it, knowing that, uh, you know, here at the end of my life, I know that I've done good work, but I know that there's more to come. So then above that, and we're really not going to talk a lot about this tonight because quite frankly, uh, uh, all but maybe 5% of the world's population at any one time never gets here. Okay. Um, so you can come up to this level, but those 5% typically don't stay at this level. So here you have love, joy, and peace. Um, and it's really talking about the being operated by love, joy, and peace all the time. Uh, and the word ineffable, if you're unfamiliar with that, I, I just learned that about that one a couple years ago. It means indescribable, unexplainable. So there is this point where, um, I don't know if you've ever gotten to, to do some meditations where you just feel this overall spiritual bliss and, and peace. Uh, I've, I've experienced that lately where I just, I can't describe what happened. Uh, or sometimes when I'm doing a psych K session with, with people, I, I can't describe what I'm seeing or hearing or feeling. Um, so you can have those little glimpses into the higher levels of consciousness, those higher emotions, uh, but you might not stay there. Okay. All right. So now we're going to go into our breakout session. So uh, I'm going to put you in a room. And so overall, if you had to pick one emotion, which emotion would you say that you're at right now and why? Now, listen, this isn't like a dreaming perfect world scenario. Yes, we'd all like to be enlightened, right? No, no. Be real. Be honest. First, be honest with yourself and be honest with your, your group members. And what level are you at? Why do you say that? And remember, you know, introduce yourself. That's kind of a, a key to being a good human. Introduce yourself. And if somebody can just take a couple notes for us on, on your discussion, nothing, nothing big. Um, we just love to hear what, what you talked about. All right, so um, I'm going to stop the share. Does anybody have any um, questions before we go into our breakout session? If you do, you can either put it in the the chat box or you can go ahead and, and unmute yourself and ask a question. Okay, do you, Melanie, do you mean the emotion of now or of late? I would say, uh, so on average, so thinking about the last week maybe, where are you at in the last week? 
Okay, you need to see the emotions again. Okay, I'll show you that. Just let me share my screen again. I'll show them all to you. Is this one a good one or would this one be better? Bethany, what do you think? I like this one. This one, okay. It has colors. It does have colors, I know. <laughs> what color makes your heart happy? Yes. I know Melanie's with us and she is an artist, so I know she has a lot to say about colors. Okay, so there they are. Now I've got to switch from the screen so I can go ahead and put you into breakout sessions, okay? Okay, we'll give you about five minutes. We'll put you in smaller rooms so that you can have that conversation. All right, enjoy your group. Awesome. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, we don't have time to hear from everybody tonight, but can I get two volunteers who will share kind of a synopsis of what your group talked about? You don't just share everything, just a, a couple tidbits that you came up with. Who would like to share? Um, I had Laura. <clears throat> She's great. Okay, awesome. Sure. I said I was fearful and I have anxiety only because I am trying to venture out and get a new job, kind of sort of say. And uh, and she was courage, courageous. She's trying on a new journey herself with the weight loss, and she's got a mindset that she's got this. And she just gave me really good hope for myself. So in, in just in speaking with her, I feel courageous myself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's a great example of what happens with energy, that courage is higher than fear. And so the higher emotions actually come in and consume the lower emotions. So we, we, I don't know if you've been taught this. I was always taught this, that, you know, if you hang out with somebody who is, you know, a bad influence on you, they're going to pull you down. And in reality, no, if you're at a higher level, you can pull them up. And so that's a great example of, of how the, um, you just showing up in a higher energy, whichever high energy you possibly can, can influence and affect somebody else. Awesome. I, I felt it. Yeah. Love it. All right. One more person. I will hear. Awesome. Thanks, Patty. Yeah. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Paulette and Teresa. And um, interestingly enough, two of us were kind of floating between courage and willingness. Mm -hmm. And one was that courage. So I thought that was pretty interesting that we kind of all came in at relatively um, the same point. And um, yeah, so just different you know, the courage kind of came from different journeys that yeah. we, we're all on and just feeling the courage um, and or those, the, the two of us that had the willingness, just the, you know, kind of floating in between the courage and willingness because of that willingness to really yeah. come out of that and, and move forward. So 
Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you three came together and you had courage, courage, and courage and willingness. And so you all kind of came together, but magnified each other's energy in that. And I can tell that you, you had a great conversation just by, you know, the tone of your voice and how you're sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Great ladies. Yeah. <laughs> I, and that's really important, isn't it? To have good folks that are um, pulling you up, right? So we always want to make sure that we're, we're spending as much time as we can with other people who are uh, of higher energy frequencies, who can help us to think new thoughts, new, new, have new ideas, uh, and, and encouraging us to grow. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Patty. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and share my screen again. Um, so getting back to, to this one. All right. So I want to show you in brief, I'm not telling you my whole life story, but I really want to show you in brief how these emotions have showed up in my life so that you can see the progression because it really is a development. You don't just come out of the womb and decide I'm going to be one, one emotion. You, you've got to uh, develop through it. So when I was going through those early experiences, tons of shame and guilt. Um, there was a lot of humiliation, a lot of blame, um, despair for sure. Um, and then later on, there was some regret uh, and grief, realizing that I might not have had the childhood that I might have wanted to have. Um, I had a lot of fear and anxiety, not only as a child, but especially as a very young adult. Um, I look back on that now and I think I'm really glad for that fear and that anxiety because I think it helped me to, in one, one way, it kept me stuck for a while, but as I decided to move up a little bit, like, okay, I'm going away to college, great. When I first went away to college, I'll be honest with you, it was just to get out of my parents' house. I got some, you know, I got some loans and I was like, I'm just going to college just to get away. Um, but I had that desire or craving to get away. Um, and then I will, I will tell you this, that as you go to, you know, a new situation, you experience other people's stories and things like that, you realize, oh, I didn't have a normal childhood. Oh, that wasn't normal. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Oh, you know, people can go to jail for that. Like I, it was new awarenesses to me. Right. And I had to really work through a lot of anger a lot of anger. I remember that there was one time I had a, um, a two-year-old and a, a four-year-old at the time, and I had so much anger. The only thing that I could do was go work out in my garden, and I wasn't even working in, listen, my house really is the place where plants come to die, so it wasn't like I was, you know, cultivating the earth or anything. I was just really going out, and I was crying in the dirt and just hitting the dirt um, because I was so full of anger. Um, and scorn really showed up a lot too, especially as I was learning how to be a good mom with my kids. I had a lot of scorn for my parents, uh, for the people who put me in those situations. Um, and I look back on that time and, oh my gosh, even just thinking about it, my, my chest kind of clenches a little bit. Um, and I'm so glad that, yes, I'm not perfect. You know, I, I, I drop down into those emotions from time to time. However, I've learned what it feels like. And I've also learned that there's something better and I don't want to stay there. And I think that's really a key that I want to share with you tonight. As you're progressing through these levels, when you drop down into one that you used to stay at a long time ago, like that was your home, you, you had that one, you mastered that one and you know what it feels like. You're like, yeah, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to be there anymore. 
okay? So, you know, I, I started to have, have some desires, started to want to have a different life. Um, and I, I started to uh, teach. That, that's my background. I was teaching kindergarten and then preschool. I was loving it. Um, but I was also in my very first administration job. And at that time, I was trying to keep everybody in my life happy. Everybody. You name them, I was trying to keep them happy. My employees, uh, my mother-in-law, my husband, my kids. Uh, and it didn't go so well. Uh, anybody ever been there before? Any other serial people pleasers out there? If you are, show me. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm not the only one. And uh, I, I didn't know how to break out of that. I really didn't. And what, something happened uh, almost 11 years ago now. Uh, in April, it'll be 11 years. I had a stroke. I woke up, I was a perfectly healthy, normal 32-year-old woman with a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. And by the end of the day, I had full left side, everything was paralyzed, I couldn't speak. Um, I, they tested me at, cognitively, I was at a 10th grade level. Uh, my whole life changed. And I remember going to the doctor and them telling me, Michelle, you're probably never gonna walk without a walker. You'll probably always have a speech impediment and you're, you'll probably always be at this 10th grade um, cognitive level. And I remember being in the car and, and driving home and uh, my husband and my father were there and they were talking about what they were gonna do with me. And I was like, is this what I've come to, that I'm 32 and somebody else is gonna have to take care of me the rest of my life? And I just said, yeah, no, I, I don't agree with that. I'm Nope, we're not doing that. And so I kind of came up with this secret plan. I went to all of my therapists and I said, hey, this is, this is what I'm thinking of. Uh, actually had a therapist tell me, yeah, Michelle, I'm looking at the doctor's report right now. Yeah, that's not possible. And I just looked at him and I said, if you, if you don't believe in this plan, you need to leave because this is where we're going with this. And really it was his lower level energy that was trying to, you know, come into play. And I just said, no, we're not doing that. And so the courage really came and I, I'm happy to report that it still took me 18 months, but I ran my very first 5k. Well, I didn't run. I just, uh, it was like a turtle stampeding through peanut butter, but I never walked. Okay. Wasn't fast, but I never walked. And I gave my first keynote address to 600 teachers on the power of a positive mindset. Uh, and here in the next couple months, I will be finishing up my PhD. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people will look at that and say, oh my goodness, the miracle is that, you know, your body healed. And I said, no, no, no. The miracle is that I didn't believe the doctor. That's the miracle. Uh, and from that, being in that place of courage and trust that everything's going to work out. That's when I saw things start to really flow in my life. Um, and I said, okay, I'm willing to do whatever it's going to take to have the best life possible. And I began to really take care of myself and ask myself, what do I want to do in life? Uh, how do I want to move forward? And that's when I was approached with, by a mentor that said, all right, Michelle, if you're going to do anything grand in this life for yourself or others, you've got to work on forgiveness. And so I just started making that a, a really big part of my life. Um, quite frankly, I, I had a lot of people to forgive and so much forgiveness work to work on that a part of my brain blew up, right? And so I've been working on that forgiveness one and understanding too, really trying to understand myself first and others as well. And 
you know, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm enlightened uh, and that you should follow me because that's the farthest thing from the truth. Uh, but I am fo focusing a lot on love and joy and peace right now as much as I possibly can. So whenever I'm doing uh, meditations or anything like that, love, joy, and peace are, are my, that's what I'm shooting for. Um, when I'm in a conversation, I ask myself, how can I show love to myself and this person. So really, in essence, what I'm saying is how can I go the highest emotion I possibly can in this situation? So no longer getting caught up in, you know, he said, she said, this person said this on social media. I really don't care. Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm having a conversation, I want to notice, are you in fear right now? Are you encouraged? What level are you at? And how can I help raise you to the next level? Okay. So uh, there's some tips I want to share with you tonight. These are, I honestly, I could talk about tips probably for a whole nother hour. These are the three that are jam-packed that are guaranteed will help you raise your uh, emotional vibrational frequency. So the first thing is to visualize what it's like to be love, joy, and peace. So this takes a little bit of thinking. Um, you might think about if you're in a conversation with somebody, what does it mean to be love, joy, and peace? What does it feel like? What does it look like? What does it sound like? Um, if you're you know, going about your daily job, what does it mean to be love when you're going through your daily job? So really just to think about that. And most people, what, what happens is that they don't sit and really think about things like that. And so they're, they're repeating the same patterns and habits that they've always had um, throughout their life. So when you just stop and you think about that and you do that you know, for five minutes every single day, thinking about what would that be like if I were actually to be loved today? Um, it not only raises your current vibration, but it, makes new synapses in your brain where you go, huh, I could do that. That would be something different. Okay. Um, another thing that I absolutely love that's been huge for me in growing through my, my emotions. So when I was really stuck in the fear and the anger and, and really trying to move through forgiveness, uh, I did what's called an interaction debrief. So basically what I would do is, and I'm going to use my husband, I'm not throwing him under the bus again. Uh, you know, he's a saint and, and it's a great example. Uh, but, you know, whenever we would have a really wonky interaction and we'd be yelling at each other, um, I would back off as soon as I could and I would do this debrief. Now, I want to make it clear here that when I'm doing a, um, a debrief of what happened and I'm thinking about how I would like it to be different, I'm not trying to create a script of like, he should have said this or I should have said this. I'm not trying to fix the interaction that happened, but I'm really trying to think about if I were in that situation again, what would I want to say? What would I want to think? What would I want to feel? And coming at it from a, a positive standpoint. So for example, if I'm yelling at my husband, maybe I'm, you know, as is my, my pattern up until now, uh, I get hangry, right? Get hungry and angry. Anybody ever get hangry, right? Uh, yeah. And so if I get hangry and I'm yelling at him, I, so and as I'm doing this interaction debrief, I stop and I think about, okay, First of all, what can I do to prevent myself from getting hangry? So I think about that and I, I imagine myself making sure I'm having regular snacks and things like that, taking care of myself. 
But then as I'm thinking through the interaction, I'm playing it out as a scene as if it were perfect. Not to fix me, not to fix him, but as if it were perfect. And I've noticed that the more times that I do this, um, your brain doesn't know the difference between something that is real and something that's imagined. Okay, so you know, think about that. It, so all of this worry that you're doing, you're basically just imagining and you're telling your brain this is what we're actually experiencing. And so if you're going to be um, doing thinking that's in this imagination spot, why not make it something good, right? So you're, again, you're not fixing the situation, but you are saying um, in a perfect world, how would I like this interaction to go? So the other day, my husband and I were talking with our accountant. Um, There's some technical things that were happening and uh, I asked him to do something. And in my opinion, he, he, he just, it was kind of a stupid moment for him, in my opinion. Now, looking back on it, I totally see where he was coming from, but I had to replay that and say, okay, I knew I was kind of ramping up a little bit, and so what could I have done back here for myself to make sure I was ready for the rest of the interaction? So having that debrief is really important. And, and treating it as not blame shaming and guilting you for whatever happened in the interaction, but to look at it as a, a learning opportunity to do better next time. And then the, the last one I've been doing a ton and I can assure you that this works with preteens and teenagers. So if you've got them in your home, you have got to do this, okay? Uh, if you were to imagine the color that's like light pink or green, uh, I like the color teal. Teal is the color of unconditional divine love. So I absolutely love that color. Um, if you were to imagine teal going right here into your, your chest, right into where your heart chakra is, Imagine that teal just filling up your chest and making your chest really warm and, and that's love. And, and I try to just connect with it with my eyes closed first. And then what I try to do is I try to take that love and send it to somebody else. So if I, I know my husband's downstairs on a call, so I can send the love right downstairs to him. So I just imagine I'm sending that love. And the more that you practice that, the more that you uh, quickly feel the love, you can send the love and then practice it with your eyes open because ultimately what you'd like to be able to do is in these conversations. So again, uh, you know, my 14 year old, God love her. She's a high D, high C personality. She's gonna rule the world someday if she can learn how to be nice to people. Uh, so, you know, very strong, high, high, high personality. And there are many times when we're having an interaction and I know there's not a single thing that I can do or say that's going to change anything. However, every time I do this, where I send that love because it's a higher frequency, now she begins to ramp down and she doesn't even, she's not even consciously aware of it. It's like my Jedi mind trick for teenagers. And it works on husbands too. Uh, it, I use this too. Anytime I'm on the phone with somebody and, um, you know, the other day I had to talk to somebody at the bank and they were just really, I think they were having a really bad day. And so I was just sending them all kinds of love. But that's another example, like Veronica was sharing earlier, how when you get in the presence of somebody who's vibrating at a higher frequency, you, you get to, to feel better. And so this is like the best service you can give to the whole world. However, you've got to practice this before you need it. So 
it's you have to practice it now you know you're going to have some sort of uh, wonky interaction at some point whether it be at home whether it be at work if you've got a teenager it's coming for you uh, but you've you've got to practice it before you need it uh, otherwise you won't be ready for it so why in the world would you do this kind of work? Um, because this seems like, uh, why would I work on my emotions when it, it's a whole lot easier just to keep doing things the way that they are, which it, that's true. Uh, obviously you can help you in the world. It's definitely a challenge. Uh, anybody who's entering into this space, I will tell you this, it's the hardest work that you will ever do in your whole life. And it's also the most important work because it literally will raise the vibration in, in the rest of the world. So if you go and you study Hawkins um, and power versus force, he explains the mathematical um, formulas that he has. If you have a population of so many people, this percentage of people needs to be at this frequency in order for the whole population to start to rise. So nobody's gonna win uh, an argument on Facebook. Uh, but you can you can really raise the vibration of the people that are around you by sending that love. Okay. All right. So in in conclusion here, a couple things you want to identify the emotion that you're having. So just that is going to be huge if you've never done it before. So if you are not used to identifying the emotion when you're having it in the moment, then back off a little bit and come back to a, do a, a self-reflection debrief and say, okay, I was having that argument with my, my spouse. What was I feeling? And challenge yourself to try to identify more than one feeling because we as humans have been taught that you can only feel one feeling at a time. That's not true. Uh, you, you have a lot of different feelings going on in you. So try to identify as many as possible. And then if you're able to choose a higher one. Um, so again, doing those tips that I just shared with you are going to be a, a higher vibration for you. So use one of those tips. Definitely find a friend, find a group of people who are um, at least at the vibration that you are, but hopefully beyond that they can uh, kind of pull you up with them and then practice these beforehand. Okay. So now we're going to go to Q and A here. Uh, I'm going to stop my share. Um, okay, so I just want to clarify here because I did say that this was from seven to eight. So the teaching portion of this is done. We're going to go into um, Q&A though, and I am going to stick around for um, whatever you all need. Uh, I do have a hard stop at nine o'clock. I have a date with an 11 year old. She has an event tomorrow. She needs her hair braided for her. Um, so I did tell her I will have a hard stop at nine o'clock. But other than that, I am open. I'm going to um, stay and hang out. If you need to go, feel free to go at any time. If you want to stay around and, and chat and discuss us. Um, uh, absolutely. And so, uh, Bethany, uh, I'm going to hand it back over to you. I forgot what's even in our outline. What's next? Well, I'm supposed to say, in a moment, we're going to Q&A. Well, sorry, I stole your thunder. <laughs> so, um, what, I just, I guess I have a question for all of you as we go into Q&A. Sometimes it's hard to think of questions right off the bat, oh wait, there's one in the chat already, but we'll get there. Um, what, what's your takeaway? Did you have any new awareness from the teaching? And if so, throw that in the chat because that, just thinking about what you learned could prompt a question. But Dean asked, do colors of your clothing um, affect your energy levels? Yes. Yes, yeah, so, um, 
there's uh, a lot of research around that. You can actually, if you really pay attention, um, this is something I've been paying attention to for a while, um, people who are very drawn to one color and that tends to be their scheme, um, uh, that's pretty much what level they're at. Uh, I chose yellow tonight, not because it's a lower frequency, but because it's a joyful frequency that we don't have a lot of right now because it's, it's snowy time. And, and so I wanted it to be cheerful. Um, there's a lot of emotional connection to colors as well, especially in uh, your logos or your school colors. So for example, as a speaker, pre-COVID, uh, not so much now, but uh, you know, Bethany referenced my Converse shoes and I have a different color Converse for every different color shirt I have. I'm looking at my pile right now. My 11-year-old uh, put them all in rainbow order for me. So they're actually very beautiful over in my closet and I haven't worn any of them since the pandemic started. But what I would do as a speaker is I would figure out what are the colors of the company or organization or school that I'm going to speak to. And I would wear that color shirt and those color shoes. And I even have um, uh, shoelaces that are different colors so I can uh, I can change those as well and so there's an emotional connection to those colors so every time I walk on stage and I'm wearing their colors subconsciously they say we like this person she's got credibility but they don't understand why so again another little Jedi mind trick uh, but I, I don't do it to, to manipulate people but just to to show them I'm like you so that they'll listen yeah does that help Dean yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah. Any other questions? What is the number? Um, how does that work? The Enlightenment 700 and 1000, where does that come from? Like, I know that you've done the Hertz for vibrations and stuff like that. Does that also help with those numbers? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Veronica's talking, for those that don't know, we've done a lot in some of our groups on high frequency music. So different Hertz music. Um, actually, right now, the whole time that we've been going, you guys don't don't know this, you don't consciously know this, but I've been playing 528 Hertz in the background. Um, and that Hertz level actually reduces cortisol and stress. So if you're feeling a little like, ah, I'm a little, little more peaceful, uh, you're welcome. Uh, so yes, it's very much related to that. Um, so if you're looking for some good Hertz music, actually I will, Carrie says she's using that 528 all day long. Yep, I'm gonna put in a website, meditativemind.org meditative is, uh, it has, all of the hertz listed out for you that are helpful and it tells you what each of them do and so you can look at that and say okay where do i want to go with this um earlier today i my husband was my husband was up about 3 34 ish he was having a lot of anxiety about some medical things that were going on and so i um started the 396 hertz and that one's about um releasing guilt and fear and I saw him just kind of mellow out. He didn't even know. He couldn't consciously hear it, but I just had it playing in the background. Um, so yeah, and then the, the, the levels of the emotions, the frequencies, uh, David Hawkins, and that's why I said, if you want to know the science behind how all of this works, get one of his books. He really does a good job of explaining how he uses muscle testing to understand what the different levels are. Um, so that those are, um, 
scientifically tested uh, to be true as far as the numbers go. So uh, Veronica, I would highly recommend the letting go book. I think that that would really help your situation too. Yeah. Awesome. What other questions or, or you know, feel free to share your, your thoughts or your aha moments too. Was there anything tonight that, that really hit you? I like how you, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I like how you, um, if we have an emotion to look at the levels and then go up a level at least. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, helps in a sense to make it a little easier instead of just be happy. Because with me, I go zero to 60 and then I can just stay at my mean, angry phase for like life. Yeah. But right? if I look at this chart and I say, okay, well, what's the next one up? Then that kind of, that's very helpful. Yeah. And in a weird way, looking at it as the chart kind of takes the emotion out of it. So, so for example, you know, when you're, when you're having these interactions and you're really in that fear and, and maybe just anger spot and you, you don't really want to move on um, and you might be blaming the other person, uh, you're stuck there. But when you look at the chart, it's, it's just saying, okay, that's fine. It's almost like it's acknowledging that, yeah, that's where you are that's fine, but you could choose to go up one. You can actually choose to go up a whole bunch. And so you have that choice. You have that control. It moves you out of being stuck into this, well, what do I want phase? And it takes the um, uh, emotionality and judgment uh, of having your emotions out of it so that you can look at it in a more calm, rational kind of way. Yeah. Michelle, there's another question in the chat. Where does the feeling, where does the feeling of gratitude fall on the scale? Ah, gratitude. Um, well, what do you guys think? You've seen the chart. Here, let me share my screen. Let's have a little chat about that. What do you think? Let me go back here. All right, where do you think gratitude falls? Acceptance. Acceptance? Okay, why do you say that? Um, because that's the place where you can, regardless of what's coming at you, you can choose um, to, to have gratitude about, you know, whatever's coming at you. I don't know. Yeah. So you, you can be grateful during all kinds of trials. Right. Right. So your circumstance and condition can stay the same, but you can still, you can accept what's happening in the moment, but you can also accept that something better might be on its way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Where do you think it yeah. falls? I think it might be peace also, because you're at a piece of what you have. Uh -huh. You know, you're not worried about anything else, but the things that you're grateful for. And it's, it's awareness, like she said, and also just being at peace. Yeah. I, I also liken gratitude to that flow. Um, so when you're cultivating gratitude every morning, you're starting off with gratitude and then throughout the day, you're, you're just taking little moments of, of being grateful throughout your day. It feels like you're more in a flow. Um, there's less like herky-jerky moments. There's less um, sticky moments, um, less resistance. Yeah. Michelle in the chat, there's several people that say love. 
that it would be around love. So, um, someone, Carrie said acceptance. Yep. I think there was more than one person that said acceptance as well. Um, between somewhere between reason and love. Could be. Yep. So I know that that um, Dr. Hawkins has, this is like the basis of the chart, but there's also other emotions in between all of these other ones. Um, so like 450, 475, things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'd have to look it up. I, I think I agree with all of you though. There's, I think there's probably a, a logic, a reason to explain uh, why all of those would be true for gratitude. Yeah. Michelle, there's another question in the chat too. It's kind of, it's kind of taking us away from this though. Um, it says, you say many times that everyone is doing the best they can. It seems sometimes so hard to think that. Can you explain more? Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's very hard, especially when you're kind of in the um, lower areas of fear, um, probably anger, pride. Um, actually, I'm going to stop share so I can see everybody's face here. So I remember way back when, uh, when I was really trying to start the healing process for myself and somebody told me that the first time and I was like, yeah, no, I think that's, and excuse my French, but I think it, it really makes uh, the point. I said, I think that that is a pile of shit. No, I don't believe that at all. And um, the more that I've progressed, the more that I've realized, yes, it's true. They're doing the best they can. They can. Uh, some people know better, but they just can't do better, right? There's a lot of reasons for that. And I think it's because their fear gets in the way of them doing better. I'll give you a great example. So my mom was raised in a, a home that was extremely strict and very religiously strict. And when she, you know, was taking care of us, um, she was taught over and over and over again, spare the rod, spoil the child. And so, you know, it was normal for them to not just spank us, but to beat us. Um, there were many uh, uh, times, and I'm not going to share all the stories, but there were many times that uh, I, I got physically hurt and probably should have been taken to the emergency room. Um, and I realized as I was processing all of that, that my mom was never taught any better. She never had somebody saying that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. She actually had a whole lot of people in her life saying it was the right thing to do. And so here she was thinking that she was doing right by us. She's doing the best she can with what she has and what she knows. However, I also had to get to that point where I said, whoa, wait a minute. I don't have to be the mom that my mom was. And so who do I want to be as a mom? And that's when the healing really started because I, I knew I got to choose for myself. And I said, who, who, what kind of mom do I want my children to have? And, you know, we, we all have those moments where we open our mouth and our mom or our dad come out, right? I mean, it's just, we, we got those programs in life and, you know, you say it or you do it and you're like, oh, I promised myself I would never say that, right? Um, but, you know, for the grand majority of the time, like right now, my, my 11 year old, when she was four, she crawled up in my lap one day and she said, mommy, I, you always know how I feel. And I said, what do you mean, honey? And she said, you always tell me how I feel. And I had been practicing the skill of identifying emotions. And the thing is that you have to, number one, you have to know what the emotion is. 
You have to be able to feel that emotion. You have to be able to have sh show empathy. Those were skills I did not have naturally. They were, they were trained out of me. And so when my four-year-old did that and she squeezed my face and she smiled at me, I started crying. I'm not a crier. That's one of the few times in my life I cried because I realized I have surpassed my mother, at least in this area of, of emotional health, and my kids are going to be better off than I ever was as far as emotional health goes. So yes, I, and I, first of all, I just want to say, I totally recognize the, the anger and the um, misunderstanding that there is around, uh, you know, these people are, are adults. They should just know better, right? Um, how many times have you ever heard? Come on, that's just common sense. Common sense doesn't exist. It's not common and it's not sensical. None of it made sense. But we argue with reality about what's happening and we think that somebody else should be doing better when in reality, they really are doing the best that they can. And so sometimes that puts us in situations where uh, we need to have much better boundaries and we need to just say, if this is the best that they can do right now, I either need to speak up for myself or I need to remove myself from the situation. Does that help? Yeah. I think that's a fabulous explanation of it. You know, a few weeks ago, I put out just a survey on my Facebook page and said, what is one thing that you know now that you wish you would have known when you were in high school? Mm -hmm. And just out of curiosity, and somebody said, I wish I would have known what a normal life was because they were highly abused and had no idea. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah. We've got to talk about that. Yeah. The next day I called this guidance counselor at school and I was like, how do we talk about this? <laughs> how do you know, what do you, are you talking about this? And if not, can I help? Because it didn't even enter my mind because we all think what our home life is, is normal right. we, because we only know what we know. And yeah. 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 And I remember um, I had a, a teacher, a uh, fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Taft. I love Mrs. Taft. And uh, she was the first person who ever told me that I was smart. Uh, and she gave me books all the time. Uh, I was an avid reader, but she didn't realize what she was doing. She was really saving my life because there were many, many times where that book was the only thing that was keeping me sane with what was happening at home. And my, my family just, um, to them, your, your appearance in public to other people was really, really important. So nobody ever in our, our circles, um, knew what was happening. Um, I mean, I don't think that my parents did that in order to hide anything. It was just, we don't want to lose face with people. And uh, so I remember not about five years ago, I, I found Mrs. Taft on Facebook. Um, God love her. She's on Facebook. And, uh, and I just reached out and I was like, you have no idea what you did. And so I just started sharing things with her that were going on at that time. And she's like, I never knew. And I'm like, I know you, you, how would you know? Um, and, but that's also when I started to train teachers and say, you have no idea what's going on at home. And we've got to start treating every child as if if there's something going on at home and, and showing them as much love and patience and understanding as possible, because you might be that one person in that kiddo's life that they remember forever and go, huh, I think I could be a somebody. I, I referenced one of my, my track coaches uh, in high school. I, I 
did every single thing I possibly could in, in high school. I played every sport. I was on every club, everything, you know, people are like, Oh, you're such a high achiever. You know? Well, yeah, I I've learned how to be that because if you stick around at school long enough, somebody will feed you and nobody's going to hurt you. So that, that was a safety thing for me. And, uh, this one coach just asked me one day, you know, like Michelle, you know, where are you going to college? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Where are you going to college? And I was like, why would I go to college? And he's like, um, you have almost a 4.0 you're in all these things. Why would you not go to college? And it wasn't until that one person said, Oh no, we're going to make this happen for you. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I look at that and I, these two teachers, if it were not for them, we wouldn't even be having this discussion tonight. And so, you know, when we're talking about emotions and I'm not saying that those two teachers were like enlightened, you know, but they were definitely not just out for themselves. They were beyond that level of courage and into willingness to say, come here, I, I want to serve you in, in this very simple way. And it made all the difference for me and, you know, all the people that I serve. Yeah. Can I share something segueing off that a little bit? Um, I think it's really, really important that you are in tune to whatever that nudge is that you need to do. And, and I know this isn't exactly emotional management here, but it's listening to yourself. Yeah. Um, years ago, I was in my early 20s in a really, really bad relationship. And I wasn't talking to my family. I didn't, I was cut off from all my friends and I was, I felt trapped and alone. And I just put on a happy face and pretended like everything was okay. And I went to work every day and there was this woman at work in her sixties. And I don't know if she was enlightened. I don't know, but she had an awareness yeah. and, and a sense that she could see me, even though I was like putting on the best mask ever. And she came over to my desk one day and she said, I just need you to know, I don't know what's going on with you. I don't even really know you, but I want you to know that you're smart and you don't have to live this life that you're in. You don't have to, and you can change in a moment. It's all up to you. You're capable. Yeah. And that conversation from somebody, I don't even know what her name is. Yeah. Changed everything for me. So when you get that nudge, that you see a mom struggling to put groceries in her trunk and the kids are running around and you're like, I should go say something. And then it's like, no, 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 I'm a freak. Why would you do that? It's COVID and we shouldn't do it. Then listen to those nudges, say the thing, reach out to the person that comes to mind, send the note, send the direct message, send the text. You just never know. You never know what, how, what, and I think it's interesting, Bethany, because you said it doesn't really relate to this, but yet it does because yeah. when you move up that scale in, in your emotions, so you go to the higher frequencies. What's really cool is that you start to, you start to think differently than you've ever thought before and you start to see things differently. So she probably in your example was somebody that was of higher, um, she might not have been to the enlightenment, but she was probably up there high enough that she could see it. She could notice it in you. And she had uh, her emotions under control that she could step into your space. Um, think about it from the perspective of a person who's very fear driven. Uh, they wouldn't have, number one, they probably wouldn't have even heard that, that nudge, right? Um, they wouldn't have done anything with it and there wouldn't, wouldn't have been a change. So it would have been, you know, the, the lower dense e emotions. And so, you know, as we're progressing, it's very hard when you're on this developmental progression, because you're like, 
it's not it's not like I can take this class and I can get this this grade in it and I can get this degree and you know I can show this progression or you know I can jump on the scale and I can see that I've lost weight it's not like that but when you get to that point where you go oh wait a minute I just saw something I've never seen before in somebody else and I went and I said something to them you can it's like you need a trophy for that because that is evidence that you are growing at a, at a higher level and when you're able to serve somebody rather than to serve yourself here's your trophy that's huge yeah Carrie said feather touches yes we, we've talked a little bit about you know do you want to be guided by the feather very light and gently or do you want to be hit up the side of the head with a two by four uh, you know my my stroke was a two by four moment probably bigger than a two by four I don't know what's bigger than that but it, it definitely uh, was not the feather uh, but the feather had been coming for many many years saying hey pay attention pay attention pay attention and I didn't um, and I look back on that and say that stroke in recovery was the greatest gift that ever happened to me and anybody who's associated with me. So I'm very grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah, any other questions or comments about this or anything else? Because I know sometimes you guys bring questions, you're like very off, off the topic, but I'm good with that too. So there's another one in the, in the chat um, I hope this is an okay question. How can you overcome being falsely accused and misunderstood when you've been operating in love towards others, but they are operating in anger and judgment, even though you've separated yourself from the group at a great loss of friendships and you are operating in forgiveness, but the waves of hurt just keep washing over you. Yeah. So I, this, uh, I will tell you this, that um, I'll tell you a little story and, and this is no, by far not the whole story. I will tell you a little story that I have not really told uh, a lot of people. So I, I was um, a child care center director many years ago, and it was for a private company. Uh, it was a family-owned company, and uh, it was very, very difficult. And the reason being, I was hired by the husband, uh, but the wife had control of some of the finances and things like that. Well, she was, let's just say, uh, if she was even operating under fear, that was a very generous thing. I think she was very, very low in her emotions all the time. And I do think that she had maybe some mental health issues. Uh, and so long story short, uh, the business actually collapsed like that. Uh, we uh, had a moment, I was at the, the center, my cleaning guy was there, we were having a conversation. Uh, and this woman came down and verbally and physically assaulted both of us. Um, we ended up having to call the police uh, and with it, we had to have police come and, and help us. And at 10 o'clock at night, we're calling all of the, the 125 kids' parents and saying, don't come in tomorrow because we're done, we're closed, this is it. Uh, it was devastating for me. Um, it just was extremely difficult. Uh, she took me to court a couple times. I mean, it was a whole thing. And uh, yeah, so my name was really drugged through the mud quite a bit uh, and it had nothing to do with me. And it took me a while to go through forgiveness. And I'll be honest, probably, I probably didn't really release her in my for forgiveness until a couple years ago. It, it just stuck with me for a really long time. I think it also aided in uh, my, my stroke. Uh, it definitely didn't help, that's for sure. And 
so yeah, I know what that feels like. And what you're talking about is really grief, grief for what could have been, but will never be. And, you know, so grief, whenever that comes, we want it just like any emotion. Emotion is just energy and energy comes for a specific amount of time. And usually it's about 90 seconds. So if you can ride that wave for 90 seconds uh, and just, I, I, I know Kiri has told me this before, she sets her timer for 90 seconds and she just allows that feeling to stay there for 90 seconds and then reevaluate. So am I ready to move on? Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. Um, grief is a funny animal, especially really new grief. Uh, if you've lost a loved one uh, and it's been relatively recently, those 90 second waves will just come one after the other, after the other, after the other, without a lot of space in between. Um, but over time, you're, you're gonna get a long time in between. So for example, um, this is also some, gosh, I'm being real, really real with you guys tonight. My husband and I, over the years, we've lost four children. Um, it's not something I normally tell people. Uh, and I will tell you that for the grand majority of the time, everything is okay. Um, but it could be on a, a random Thursday that all of a sudden I will start to think about, wow, I've got less living children than I have total children. Uh, and that, that kind of gets to me. And I allow myself to be in that moment and know that this moment is important. And then I say, what do I wanna do with this? And sometimes, especially in that grief moment, there's a, well, what do I wanna do with it? And it, it, it kind of spurs me on, maybe I wanna make a, a better connection you know, with my living children right now. Um, on, on the days that we lost each one of those children, uh, I know how older that they were, would be now. And so one thing that I do is I go to our local mall and I buy a gift card and I give it to the, the um, cashier and I say, you know, if you see a child around this age, um, you know, will you please give them this gift card and just say it's a gift for me. And it's just a way for me to take that grief and make it something better in the world. Um, and so I would highly just encourage you to, first of all, feel your feelings. Don't, don't try to fight them. Don't try to ignore them. Don't try to sweep them under the carpet. Feel your feelings. Uh, give yourself that 90 seconds. Not, the world isn't going to end if you stop and breathe for 90 seconds and feel your feelings. And then ask yourself, what do you want to do with that? Do you want to, um, you know, do you want to stay there? Because sometimes we just need to stay there for a little bit. Or do you want to move on? And if you want to move on, what does that look like? Yeah. That's crazy that you talk about that because I was just about to ask how you do it with I have a lot of regret in the past. Like I've talked about my son and things like that. And there'll be moments where I'll bring up that situation in my mind, in my mind and I'll think about it for a long while, but you saying to feel it and then do something positive with it. Um, so I will actually try that because uh, I need to do more with my son. And I think that's where we're lacking. Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up because I, I, that was, I was going to just ask that question, Reese. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's huge because really what we're talking about tonight, you know, uh, first of all, I, I guess I didn't say this at the beginning, but there's no judgment whatsoever at whatever level you're at. That's just where you're at. It just is. It's not good, bad, you know, right or wrong. It just is. Uh, and you know, like I said, all of us can be at any one of those at any point, you know, you can experience that huge joy moment um, at any point. Uh, and I know for myself, I can experience the, the humiliation uh, 
I don't tend to stay there very long. That's, that's the key is that as I'm progressing, when I do experience that, I'm like, no, no, I don't have to feel that way anymore. Like my, I told my husband the other day, um, go start the car, you know, I, I and he's like, why, why am I going to leave the, the car running? And I said, I've reached a point in my life that I deserve to sit in a warm car. I don't have to sit in a cold car anymore. And he's like, well, okay then. And I was like, no, but that's how we speak up for ourselves, right? And we can do that with ourselves when we notice we're having an emotion that we don't like. Like, I don't like this. Okay, what do you want instead? And now that you've got that chart, you have options. It's like, you can look at it almost like a menu and say, hmm, this is where I'm at. I don't want to be there. I want to be here. So what can I do to get there? And then listen to that voice because it's going to come and share something with you. Yeah. Awesome. I see people are just saying thank you for being here. Oh, Bethany, you put on a video about grief. Awesome. Yeah, it's just a little, it's not even two minutes, but it, I don't know if you've seen it, but it talks about the ball in the box. And, you know, when you're first experiencing grief, the ball is like takes up the whole box and it hits the pain button in the box. But then the, your box gets bigger and, you know, then it still hits, but not as often and you heal and yeah. Yeah. And, and grief is tricky too. So grief compounds. So if you, um, I, I've had a lot of lost, a lot of people in my life. And, um, I, I remember maybe two years ago, um, the neighbor's dog died. Um, no, it was the cat The the cat died. And I, I like, I was crying. Listen, I don't cry. I've maybe cried maybe eight times in my whole life that I remember. And I was crying because this cat died and I was, crying for a couple days over this cat. And I was like, what the heck is wrong with me? I thought I was going crazy. And I, I reached out to my, my therapist and I was like, hey, you've got to help me through this. What's going on? He said, Michelle, it's not about the cat. Grief compounds. You haven't allowed yourself to really sit in that grief moment for all of these things that you've lost. It's not about the cat. The cat is just like the period on the sentence of grief. And, and you got to sit with that. And so when he told me that, I was like, oh, okay. So then I really allowed myself to think about what are those things that have happened in my life that that I'm grieving and and just sit with that and I think that um, for me I've realized the power of sitting in your yuck for a purpose not just being in your yuck because you don't know how to get out but staying in there and knowing it's not always going to be like this I'm going to allow myself to feel like this and I'm going to allow myself to choose when to move out of it. So staying there for a purpose and knowing that you're going to use it for good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested. We've got several people here that are in our um, uh, spiritual weight loss journey that's happening right now. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about emotions for going on a month now. Um, what new insights do you all have after seeing all of this and connecting it with our journey? I'll talk. Um, so I, number one, I was um, grateful to see that I had grown a lot, um, especially looking at the different um, levels, I thought, boy, I spent a lot more time, you know, either dipping down or wallowing down there yeah. um, at the bottom. And I feel like I'm, I'm very rarely 
have to go there anymore. Um, but just what you just said, that's another, like I'm, I'm just in that place where I'm like, okay, when, when bad things are happening, it's more like I'm on the outside looking at it and examining it and I'm not getting highly walled up in it, like, um, or letting it affect me so deeply. Yeah. I, um, and you know, what, what does God have for me? What do I need from that? Um, what can I be grateful for, for that? Like, that's a great space to be. I, I had a situation that happened yesterday. Um, I was doing my study in the morning and I just felt, I just felt, um, an overwhelming sense of loneliness. Like, I know I'm not alone and I know I have a lot of people in my life, but I just felt lonely and it really hit me hard. And uh, so all this year, I've really been practicing um, just loving everything. That, that's my new goal, loving everything. Um, and my family and I, we actually got COVID right before Christmas. And I learned how to love COVID, realizing that the COVID virus is uh, a created being just like we are. It has a job to do. Uh, its job is to enter your, your body, find all of the, the dead like garbage cells in your system and, and kind of get rid of them. It's, it's the garbage truck. Uh, and if we try to fight it, it can't do its job. And so I learned how to love it and say, okay, you're here. It's not like I can deny that you're not here. You're here. Uh, how can I give you what you need to do to do your job? And how can I make sure that I'm okay? So how can we live in harmony? So we're not fighting each other, but how can we live in harmony? And, you know, all the things that you're supposed to do to take care of yourself, you know, I was, I was doing that. And, and I really just got the message that, you know, I take care of my body, my the virus does what it needs to do. We're working in harmony. And when it's done, it, it will leave and, and I'll be fine. And so the, the question I kept getting was, do you love COVID? And I was like, first of all, I just aghast. Like, why would I love COVID, right? Everything in the world is telling me not to love COVID. And then it said, yeah, but do you love COVID? If you love everything, if that's really your goal, do you love COVID? And I was like, huh. And then I came upon this whole harmony thing and I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. And once I did that, I actually started to get better. I started to have a turnaround. So when this moment of loneliness came yesterday and I was like, man, I don't like this. I don't like how this feels. And the question came to me that said, do you love your loneliness? And I was like, okay, do I love loneliness? Um, I think the human answer is supposed to be no. And so I said, okay, if I did love loneliness, what would that mean? And so I began to think about when I'm lonely, what do I do? Well, when I feel really lonely like that, I usually reach out to my friends. So I reached out to a friend and said, hey, can you, you know, have a phone call with me later today? And she's like, absolutely, let's do it. And uh, then of course I felt a whole lot better and I didn't feel lonely anymore. And I was like, I love my loneliness because it forces me to get out of that and, and go and, and reach out to somebody. So yes, I love my loneliness. And so I think we can get to that place too, where we can love the thing that is really bothering us the most. Um, 
and I know that that takes a, it's, it's so much easier for you to hear that than it is for you to do that. And you might not be there for a long time, um, but that is possible. The more that you work with this and the more that you try to master your emotions, um, the more that you use the tips that I shared with you tonight, the higher and quicker you're going to go. And you'll get to that place where you're like, okay, I get it. You're here. You know, like grief. Okay, grief. How can I love you? You're here. You're here to do a job. You've got a message for me. Just like fear. Fear is there to keep you safe. It's got a message for you. Anything that happens in your body is a message waiting for you to listen to it. And if you don't listen to it, you know, the bad things happen. Any other questions? I think there was one in the chat. Bethany, can you, mm -hmm. is there one in the chat? Um, it's from Caitlin, I believe it, it says, I've been dealing, I've been having a hard time with how to deal with my postpartum depression for two years now, plus anxiety has been way high. It has taken me about two years to really admit it. Yeah, well, uh, huge kudos to you for admitting it, um, and, and especially now. Um, so one thing that I would highly suggest, just because it's a very low, um, low kind of uh, investment of your, your, your time and energy and resources is go to that meditativemind.org and start playing some of that low frequency music. You don't even have to play it at a level that you consciously hear it. You can have it at, you know, level two or three, uh, just running in the background. It's also set up that you can have, uh, it's, these videos go nine hours at a time. So if you wanted to do it at night when you're sleeping, so it's going to do its job those frequencies are going to interact with your body and your brain it's going to do its job without you having to think about it without you having to put extra energy into that um, another thing you know just doing the meditation where you're you're having the the pink or the teal in your in your chest as many times as possible that's going to increase the frequency in your body and you you should start to feel a little bit better so you know when you're going through um, postpartum depression the mental faculties are not always there. Uh, and not only that, but you've got young children. So, you know, anytime you've got very young children, you're not usually in your conscious brain. Um, and so anything that you can do that's not using your mental faculties, so being physically active, that's gonna, gonna help you as well. Does that help, Caitlin? Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And, and reach out, you know, I, I will say this, you can reach out to me at any time. Um, if you are having a hard time, just reach out. And then um, if you're interested too, uh, because I know you've never had a psych K session with me, if you'd like to have a 15 minute stress reducing session, let me know. We'll just meet on a Zoom like this and um, we'll, we'll spend some time doing a, a balance that, that might help you too. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. And before I forget, if anybody is interested, um, we are, so we're wrapping up a, a spiritual weight loss journey. Uh, we did a one week free challenge. Uh, and we, honestly, this, this challenge was 
one uh, difficult emotion every single day that you try to figure out how, where does this show up in your life, really get to know yourself, and then we process all of those emotions out. Uh, and then um, some people chose to do the three-week option to pay a little bit and finish those up. Um, so we've, we're right towards the end of that. Um, very exciting program. Uh, and we're going to do another free challenge probably in another three weeks or so. Uh, I'll go and find the link and share that with you, you guys. So if you want to get on the wait list so that once I finally figure out when I'm going to launch this again, uh, I, can, I can let you know. Uh, so I'll find that link. But I'm going to pick on, let's see, uh, Tamara and maybe Sue. Would you guys tell everybody in the group about something about our spiritual weight loss journey and what you found out about yourself and emotions? Maybe we'll go to Sue first. Oh, sorry. I mean, you could do whatever you want. You're adults. <laughs> go ahead, Sue. I'm looking, I actually have my notebook right here with me looking through the, the notes. It's just, it, it helped me to find a, a pattern of things that, that I thought that I pretty much dealt with already. But like the, the onion peeling. Yeah. It, it, you know, the, like the, the big thing maybe had been forgiven and let go of, but a, a couple of those different emotions would, would dig down into those deeper peels. Yeah. And like, oh, there's still a little something or another hiding in the corner there. So it's like if, because if it didn't bother me, it wouldn't even come to mind. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a deep soul cleanse almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, it's been good to, I've, I've been working on a lot of this stuff for a long time already. So this has been helping to like clean up the little dust bunnies that are left over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, talking about developing across that map of con consciousness and rising above, what, what you've really been doing is identifying those denser emotions that are in there um, that are just kind of be, being housed in your soul and, you know, identifying them, pulling them out, saying, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. And so when you're pulling out all the dense emotions, um, you know, you're able to go a little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've noticed I've been able to go a little higher and, and stay there a little longer. Mm. You know, I'm progressively staying in the in the higher frequencies longer. Yeah, which has been nice instead of knee jerking to. <laughs> it's it's now it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, like life becomes a little more gentle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Thanks, Sue. You're welcome. I I like it because we are diving into things that I seriously have never given consideration to. And I look at it, um, I think uh, in one of our last sessions, I pictured it like, you know, the, when they show the brain connections and the neuron connections and how they're just like, it just looks like a wiring mess and everything's coming from all directions and they're connected. And I feel like that's what it is because I'll deal with something over here 
but it's connected up here to this and it's connected down here to this and it's knocking them out one by one and in, in pulling apart the fibers and looking at it and investigating it and just kind of acknowledging that it's there yeah. and yeah. that there's, you know, there's a purpose behind it and that I can um, glean understanding about myself from it and get to know myself. Um, so by, by doing all that, it's like, that's where the weight loss comes in, right? It's not, I don't think I've lost a pound. <laughs> it's not about that kind of weight loss, but it is about becoming lighter as a, a person and rising up through the levels. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of those lower levels was um, the desire and the craving. And for those of us who have, you know, suffered, um, you know, weight issues our, our, our whole life or, or just having um, cravings even along the lines of addictions, um, you know, that we've gotten stuck there. And so if we're stuck there, our life is going to be a certain kind of life. And the more that we process those emotions and release those denser energies and try to go higher, our life becomes a different life. So for example, you know, since I've started to do, um, you know, the, this really deep emotional work, uh, since September, I've lost 60 pounds. I haven't changed one thing in my diet or exercise at all. Um, but it's just realizing I, I'm just looking at life in a different way. I'm not holding on to the stress anymore. I don't get as stressed as I used to. Uh, and when I do, I usually notice it very quickly and I just do something to transform that. Uh, and it's, it's, I think being at the denser frequencies really has a, a denser kind of effect on your body and on your brain. It's like your brain is sluggish and you just can't move along. And so the more that we're able to process those emotions and release the lower ones, uh, life just seems to be a whole lot easier and gentler and things happen on their own. You don't have to force things to happen. Um, and I'll say this, that, you know, you can only really do this journey if you get up to that level of courage. So that's why I always tell people, you know, you got to get to the level of courage. That is the hinge level. Once you get there, then things can change. But if you don't have courage, you know, you can come on this webinar, you can listen all you want, but if you don't have the courage to actually do one of the tips that I shared, it's not going to make any difference. Awesome. Okay, guys. Well, I'm, I'm going uh, to let you. Yeah. Sorry, Bethany. Go I was ahead. just going to say, I have to go. I have to go. I'm sorry. I have to get my son from a basketball game. But thank oh. you so much. It was so much fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for being here with us, Bethany. And I was just going to say, I need to go. I, there's a, a, a note under my door. So anytime a note gets slipped under my door, it's, uh, it's important. So <laughs> There you go. We're real people here, right? <laughs> I could be all professional and uh, give you a, some, some other reason, but I'll just be honest and say, 
somebody on the other side of the door needs me. So uh, with that, thank you guys for showing up tonight. Thank you for just being engaged in all of this. I hope this was really helpful to you and, and got you thinking. I hope it scrambled your eggs a little bit and, and makes you, uh, you know, want, want to have something different. Please uh, reach out to me. I did put the link in there if you want to join our next spiritual weight loss challenge. Um, that, that's the free one. I don't know when we're going to do it again, but if you want to get on the wait list, uh, just put your info in that. Um, and you can always reach out to me and, and say, Hey, Michelle, I want a, a chat and, uh, I'll make that happen. So thank you guys. Awesome. Go enjoy your evening and it's fat Tuesday. So if you got a poonchki, eat it, but eat it with a lot of gratitude. So every bite you take, just think about something you're grateful for. Enjoy it. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye-bye.